And welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Developing Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Miles, and this is the podcast focused on the non-technical side of being a developer, because your career is about more than the code you write. So if you call yourself a programmer, a developer, a script kitty, a database administrator, uh, a technologist, a technical architect, whatever you call yourself, if it's your job to write code, this is the podcast for you. And to all the new listeners out there, I want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us. And for all the repeat listeners, hey, thanks for coming back and listening to another episode. And this is episode 31. That's 3-1, which means the show notes for this episode are available at developingup.com slash 3-1. Today's episode, we're talking about a subject we actually touched on in season one, episode 13, which was titled Leading by Example. I've linked to it in the show notes. That's right. It's about leadership and having a leadership mindset. It's an important thing no matter where you are in your development career. If you're a junior developer, a senior developer, anywhere in between, having some leadership qualities only helps you grow in your position and grow in the way you want your development career to go and work with others. I was lucky enough to have a chance to sit down with Adam Bergstein, who is the VP of engineering for a company called Hook42. And actually, I sat down with Adam right after he gave a presentation titled Understanding Technical Leadership at a conference we were about that. I've linked to a recording of Adam's presentation in the show notes as well. I recommend taking a listen to it or watching it uh, either before or after you listen to this episode. So what Adam and I sit down and talk about are leadership mindsets and, and traits that technical leaders have in common. And what's interesting to listen for is that it doesn't matter where you are in your development career, you can embody these traits and help build up yourself, uh, but also help build up your team and those you work with. So after uh, me and Adam talk, I'll come back and hopefully distill it down to some key takeaways for everybody listening. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. So why don't we start out while you just tell me a little bit about your, your background as a developer and your history and your development career. I have, I guess, uh, had many different development jobs <laughs> in the past, and I feel like that diversity has sort of helped me and prepared me for the role that I have right now and some of the things that I've learned over time. I uh, have a master's degree in computer science where I explored information security, so I have a lot of academic background as well. In my career, I guess I've had uh, different types of development jobs. Some have been developing things highly customized to using, you know, as, as I sort of matured on my path, I started using more frameworks. I found, at least for me personally, that I was always learning lessons from <laughs> doing contribution or looking at how an open source project has done things. In some of my more recent positions, I've been helping sort of oversee developers and, and do uh, a lot of technical leadership work that has had a number of different forms. <laughs> Hearing you going through that growth of your development career and becoming more in a leadership role, I think that's something a lot of developers out there can uh, relate to or they aspire to do. I know when I was a junior developer, you kind of seen it as this path of becoming the senior person who knows everything or you become the manager. But there's really this opportunity where you don't have to wait till you have the title to be the leader yeah. to, to start leading others and, and setting good examples. If you don't treat every day as an opportunity to grow or evolve, then you're missing a wasted opportunity. And you're probably not positioning yourself to take a future role or to, to grow into something moving forward. Technical leadership is not a job title. It's not a specific role. It's a, it's a state of mind. And anyone can have that perspective. And quite literally, true leaders always maintain that perspective. 
They're looking to help other people. They're looking to serve their clients well and always finding ways to innovate and grow. The level of professionalism and empathy and listening to others and trying to make the rest of the world around them even stronger. That doesn't, that isn't reserved for someone with a, a title. There are senior developers, there are junior developers that are great technical leaders. It's about that perspective more so than it is about assuming something or achieving something. And it's always been my experience, the more that a developer embodies those qualities, regardless of their role, they're always the best position to become the leader that they want to be. There's three pieces of having almost like a leadership mentality, no matter what level of developer you are, that really impact how you can progress in your career or how you can get better at what you do. And, and like you said, be professional. I kind of broke it down to three buckets. One is towards your clients, no matter if you're working directly for a client work or clients can be your bosses, your higher ups, if you're building something internally, they hired you as some sort of expert. And so if you're going to be that expert, you have to be that guide, that leader on how to do things the right way. It's up to you to lead them on here's how we should do this. Here's my understanding of what we need to solve. Two major parts of what you just described that are really critical. The one is around service. In any role that you're doing technical work or technical leadership, you need to understand who you're serving. That's critical. If you're serving clients, you might be serving a product or the maturity of a product, but you have to serve a team as well. Or you may even have to serve executives. Like you have to understand that and know how best to serve people. I think that that's, that's really critical in what you just described. Being a leader in that perspective in setting the examples. It's up to you to make sure that you are demonstrating to your team that you can be professional, that you're holding them to standards that are going to produce quality work and produce development that you want to be proud of. So leading by that way and not assuming that I can slack and my team's going to pick it up. It's like, no, right. show the team how you want to be treated or, or what you want to get from them. There's another key thing that causes a little bit of imposter syndrome. And it's really that there's like this assumption that, you know, if you're a technical leader, that you're the most brilliant mind in the room. And that's not the case. You know, uh, I mean, far from it, actually. I really feel like good technical leaders actually empower the dialogue and the discussion within the whole team itself to try to figure out what the right solutions are and what the good technical approaches need to be. It's really about empowerment. It has a lot less to do with saying, this is exactly this technical solution that we must build to achieve this goal. No, you may actually be limiting the quality of what you're delivering if you're not soliciting feedback on your ideas or if you think that you are the smartest person in the room. In my case specifically, I'm never the smartest person <laughs> in the room. And I will tell you from firsthand experience that the more trust that you can put in your team, the more that you encourage a dialogue, a free flowing dialogue of ideas and brainstorming, that is how you instill quality. That separates to me a good team from a bad team and you know, encouraging folks to participate in a transparent, authentic way. These are things that really make teams effective. A third part of that I wanted to add in, acting as a leader, no matter what developer role you're in, forces you to think about the quality development work you're producing. If you know someone's going to see what you're using, if they're going to learn from what you're producing, that you're going to produce at a higher quality, you're going to try to find the best way or the right way to solve a problem. Providing those leadership qualities in yourself and acting on them forces you to pay attention to the work you're producing. It's less about you and it's more about effectively leveraging and harnessing all the 
collective knowledge mm-hmm. of the team, getting feedback, brainstorming, using like, you know, agile processes are really good for that sort of thing, you know, team-wide retrospectives, sprint planning meetings, and really just acknowledging that, you know, quality really can come not on your own shoulders, but really by a team that trusts each other and supports one another. I've seen engineers, I've seen a lot of people, myself included, in certain points in my career where I've put a lot of pressure on myself to be the best technical person. And a lot of things can suffer if you have that mentality. You know, I think it's really about prioritizing the relationships. That is what separates a really strong technical leader from just the smartest, best, most brilliant developer that you can find. You know, I've even held myself to a standard. I want to be my best self and I want to learn from everyone else that I'm working with and try to to collaborate and communicate my thoughts clearly and try to be effective in that. I think especially when people are, are coming up through the ranks, people are so afraid of failure. They're afraid of it. It's really hard, right? You could think like, oh, man, I could get fired from my job or I could put this project at risk. But even the best people fail. All, Everybody fails. A lot, right. <laughs> and I think if people may have an ego, they may not be comfortable communicating that failure, but that's more about them. We talked about failure in a previous episode, I think in season one, which I'll link to in the show notes, but I don't try to fail as, as much as I can. I'm not afraid to fail in developers shouldn't either because you have to look at them as positive learning experiences. When you fail at something, you're not going to make that mistake again. Exactly. And the perspective to have is giving yourself the opportunity to learn from it. If you make the same mistakes repeatedly, you're not learning from it. That's definitely an example of where, you know, an individual might not be embodying those traits. And in every aspect, every single person you're working with, even the most senior people or directors or VPs, all are in some state of learning something, you know, or have really good skills in some areas and maybe less so in some other areas. Having that perspective and knowing that every single person that you interact with to a certain degree is learning is critical. You have to have that perspective and have that awareness because it really will help lower kind of the barriers of the fear of, I don't want to look stupid if I ask about this, or I don't want to raise this issue because I'm afraid it might make me look like less of an engineer. That's not the case at all. That's not the right attitude to have in my mind. If there are teams that put people at risk or don't honor that as a priority, then that team is missing out to help people evolve and grow and really have the team working at a very high capacity. I did an episode this season already on the value of continuously learning. And it leads right into this development and how to apply these leadership mindsets to yourself as a developer. And the other thing that you hit on here already is trust. If you're afraid of, if I try this thing and I make a mistake, if I fail at this, you know, my team's not going to respect me or they're not going to help me. But having trust that if I fail here, my team's going to help me learn from it. They're going to help me recover from it. And, yep. and that's a way to lead and, and be led. Yeah, I mean, great leaders recognize that failure is the best opportunity to learn. And it will happen. It's natural. It's a normal part of doing this type of work. A great technical leader is one that's right there to pick people back up and say, what did you learn? Even if you're a team of one, if you need to like lead yourself to that next level or just even lead clients, it's having that almost internal dialogue. What did I learn from this? What can I take away from this? What can I learn from for the next time? 
And I would encourage your listeners to to really pause and reflect and do that, right? You have to honor what's important to you, what brings you energy. You need to reflect and take the time to do it. There's a natural pressure to, oh, wow, I really need to crank out these tickets today. But honestly, if you can crank out tickets at twice the speed after you have thought about the work that you've done and you've reflected on ways you could do it better, or you've even solicited feedback from your peers, you'll be more effective. And you have to take the time to do it if you don't really sit down and try to understand, you, you're not going to get beyond where you currently are. Learning your business values or your business goals. Uh, yes. If you do that one, that's going to put you in a leadership position to make sure the work you're doing aligns with what you're trying to achieve, whether it's your client's goals or your company's goals or just the project's goals. There are different tracks of evolving as a technical leader. There's, you know, you could become more lead developer role. You could move more into the business and, and be like a technical facilitator between business needs and, and technical needs, team leads, anything like that. You know, there's so many angles and ways that you can grow, but you're exactly right. You know, I think in any type of role, you should have some awareness of what factors play into the business that you're in, what things were sold when you're doing the work. You know, do you have that awareness? Do you know what people's intents were when something was sold? Having that type of stuff is really critical or even participating in sales activities. That might seem foreign, to doing technical work. It's not at all. If something is sold and it has input from a technical person or multiple technical people, what is sold is that much better and more informed. And that lowers the risk of if a project does get sold and it moves back, you know, moves into a delivery team, the project is in much better shape. It's been sold to better reflect the interests of what the technical team would expect. If you're in a position where you're not getting the leadership you need from those who may be above you, like those more senior developers or your, your manager, by you learning those business values and applying those to the work that you do, you're almost managing up that way. Mm -hmm. Because if you're aware of that, suddenly they have to be aware of that. And they have to start changing how they work to provide the rest of the team to provide you with that information. Managing up is, is probably could be its own podcast for that matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, it's about awareness. It's about presence. It's about separating those that stand out from those that don't. And it also, I, I will just say, you know, recognizing that technical leadership, it's most effective when everyone is trying, but it's not for everyone. There are those people who they just want to be giving my tasks, code away at it in, in my zone, produce an output. And exactly. that's fine. That That's how stuff gets done. Yeah. And some people get a lot of energy out of doing that and delivering. And, and I love doing that sometimes too. Like I really, really enjoy that. But I think just having awareness how to to evolve into that and that it's not a title like you're not <laughs> you can be a, an excellent technical leader you don't have to have the tech lead exactly role, yeah. exactly it's not a specific role it's a presence yeah it's an awareness and i've found that any any person who really prioritizes and invests in other people will have tenfold benefit to to an organization i mean i i feel great when i help people like i you know that to me is something that i'm just super passionate about i'd be surprised if there is anyone who would say they feel bad when they help other people. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, maybe. But I, I think that, to be honest, I think it's actually an awareness that you can use even the most mundane of tasks to do that. As an engineer or developer, you could use a code review as an opportunity 
to yeah. make someone better, to invest in them, give them feedback on their work. You can use a co-working session. You could have a basic conversation, you know, over lunch with someone. And there's countless day-to-day, minute-by-minute opportunities that people don't take advantage of. And having that awareness and presence to say, oh, wow, wait, I hold on, I can... I could help this person with this. Uh, or, hey, maybe we could talk through this idea and I could give you some input and we could we could collaborate on this. And it, those are really powerful things. When you exhibit these leadership qualities, what it gets you, and you're getting into this already with what you were saying, is it opens up these possibilities of collaboration in your team. Like it only fosters them. It fosters your ability to learn about what you care about, what you need to learn more of where you want to progress in your career. You're exactly right. I can't tell you that, you know, whenever I've tried to look from my perspective about investing in other people, in reality, they're investing in me. Yeah. Listening and opening the dialogue and hearing other people's voices, their ideas has made me infinitely stronger in my role and just as a person. It's absolutely a bi-directional thing. I've never felt or believe that it should be something like where I'm talking down to someone else. That's just not the right move. Uh, I've had, I've done that before and that experience has never been something I've been proud of. Sometimes, sometimes I've had to reflect and say, wow, that I just did not handle that well. And, and I need to learn from that myself and really recognize, like I said, I think before that the relationships of what you're doing are key. You don't want to get ever get into a position where someone shuts down or that yeah. they, they lose trust with you. These are things that are imperative to teams gelling and working together and yeah, and I've had some experiences where, you know, I've I've had to look myself in the mirror and say, wow, pal, like this this was not your best work. I've always tried to to look on that as as opportunities that I've learned and move on. And I I come back with a fresh perspective and try to do right the next time that the next opportunity I get. Yeah, when you can reflect on yourself that way, I, I think you start to see that no matter what you do, it has an impact on others. It has an impact on your business, on your work, on your team. So if you're doing it in a way where you're trying to lead others or you're, you're being collaborative or supportive, you're showing empathy and you reflect and you say, wow, I made this positive impact. You start to, it's like a feedback loop. You start to feel more encouraging about yourself and taking those risks and taking those challenges and pushing yourself and pushing your team and everyone builds from there. That is exactly why people have teams, <laughs> right? So if you think about it, that's why people desire to work with teams and you need to establish those qualities. The whole team needs to establish those qualities to be effective. That's when things really click and there's sort of an energy and a flow that if it's working, it's really it's really powerful. I wanna just end this off by asking what I asked all the guests. Adam, what would be your one piece of development career advice for developers out there? Oh, boy. I, I would probably just say pragmatism. Understanding and evaluating solutions, appreciating architecture, looking at things pragmatically and saying, you know, I can do this much more simpler solution that is more sustainable, that could help keep a product, you know, around longer. I look at pragmatism as probably the number one thing that I think separates a really strong developer from one that can be, you know, really could benefit from having collaboration and someone challenging their ideas and saying, hey, you're writing this massively complex thing and you only have 5% more functionality or this added benefit, you know, really let's find a better way to keep this simple and then explore what other solutions need to happen 
to get the the remaining five percent that you're desiring the book the uh, pragmatic programmer is like <laughs> in my mind it's like the thing that started me thinking about pragmatism adam thank you for taking the time to sit down my pleasure thank you for having me on your podcast And I want to thank Adam again for taking the time to be on the podcast, especially it was right after he had presented his 45-minute talk on understanding technical leadership, which I've linked to in the show notes. Uh, So I appreciate him sitting down and talking even further after that about leadership. If you want to know any more about Adam, you can find him on Twitter at Nerdstein or at his website at nerdstein.net. Both are linked in the show notes. And I just want to quickly distill what Adam and I discussed on this idea of technical leadership. Most importantly, leadership, it's not a role that you're assigned. It's a state of mind, a state of being. So if you want to be a technical leader, you can start doing it today. Technical leaders have a focus on quality. So pay attention to the quality of the work you're doing. Always try to do your best and lead by example. And then there's this idea of having a constant learning mindset, learning how to work with your team, learning the business needs of your clients or your company and what you're striving to accomplish, treating failures as learning opportunity in in picking people up on your team when they fail and helping them understand how can they do it better next time. Those are the three most important things I'm taking away from this. I'd love to hear what your takeaways on how you can apply uh, leadership mindsets to your development work. And if you want to share your further thoughts and opinions about this episode or any episode or just development in general, uh, there's a number of outlets you can use. So there's the website, developingup.com, that features our full library of recorded episodes with show notes and sections for comments and conversations. You can find us on Twitter at DevUpPodcast or myself personally at MikeMiles86 or send a good old-fashioned email at hello at developingup.com or to me at mike at developingup.com and I'd greatly appreciate your help in reaching a wider development audience. If you could leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you get your podcast, it helps other developers find this podcast and get better at their careers. So until the next episode, I wish you happy developing. (laughs) 